Welcome to Americana. Please make your selection follow by the Welcome. I don't know what's happening, guys. This is like as usual the 15th time I record this intro. Welcome to another episode of Adventures in the Creative Industries. I am Eric Ravaglia, your one-man band. And today, first of all, first of all, I want to say thank you to everybody who listened to the previous episode. Thank you to all the people that reached out to me and to Neil. It was great to hear your feedback. It's, you know, it's heartwarming when you work on something, you put it out there. You're sort of screaming in the void, but then all of a sudden people come back to you and, and give you some feedback. And it's amazing to hear that a simple episode, a simple podcast can reach and touch so many people. Thank you. Today, on the other hand, we are with Billy Boyazoglu. Billy is a 3D illustrator, one of the best in the world, although he would really probably bash me for saying that because he's incredibly humble too. His work can be seen on major advertising campaigns around the world, on album covers, book covers, video game advertising. It's, it's everywhere, man. It's good. It's doing well. He's doing well. And hearing his story was a revelation. This episode has a little bit of everything. So we, we touch on tech and how he crafts his style, technically speaking, how he uses his lights, his materials, what tools he uses. But also, we touch on what is influencing him, you know, and his work and how he came to be the guy that he is now. I like how he possesses the perfect trifecta or the Triforce, if you're into video games. He has buckets of talent, dedication, and style. And when you put all these three things together, oh boy, oh boy. His body of work is amazing. I really, really urge you to go check him out. Links are in the description below. I hope you enjoy it, because I really enjoyed sitting there, having a cracking time chatting with Billy. And his story is amazing, man. We start from a plug socket company in Greece, and we take it from there. So... I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoy making it. Here we go. Yeah, well, that's like old school Hulk with the purple. Exactly. Now it's just like jeans or... Well, now 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 he speaks normal English. Yeah, right? well, in, in the last one, he was wearing that weird time-traveling suit. Yeah. <laughs> and he looked a bit pathetic. <laughs> hey, you know, time changes. Yeah. I had this conversation with people, you know, sometimes Hulk talk. There was a few holes in that theory, the whole time travel, but we'll all just get part of it. Okay, okay, right. We want to go down right there, okay. Yeah. Um, yes, but also, it's a child movie. It's True. For, it's for children. True. Like, it's okay that they're they, holes. They, they don't, <laughs> and they don't exist. <laughs> Those are superheroes yeah. from comic books yeah. created for, for preteens. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were created for grown men. Um, I've been to Comic Con. The question is, right? I had this conversation already with people. It's always like, how much should you care? Did you enjoy yourself watching the movie? Yeah, it was fun. I'm not one that goes mental online because there's so much hate online. Or like when they cast them, it's like, what? Why are you that bothered about the casting? I mean, Ben Affleck. When they cast it, like when DC casted Ben Affleck. That one was a bit bad. I was like, oh, you know what? Let's give him a chance. Yeah, but it was awful. It, I mean, the whole, it wasn't just him, though. Yeah. It, it was, was the whole thing was, was a car crash. Yeah. <laughs> the moment he started, it was like, oh, that's what I'm yeah. watching. Christian God, Bale yeah. was the best. Yeah, but when Nolan, Nolan is a different type. Uh, yeah. I c- you can tell Nolan was like, I'm, I'm doing this shit the way yeah. I want to do this shit. Well, I also like the ones with uh, 
Oh, what's it called? The ones where they had like Arnie in it and stuff like that. The what? The very extreme ones that had poison ivy, Arnie as ice. Oh, you're talking about. You are talking about um, the pre the pre Nolan Batman. Yeah. You're talking about. They, Jim were, they were so mental. They were funny. Yeah. Uma Thurman. Yeah. Jim Carrey. That was Batman Forever. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. That Again, was good. for children. Yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> it was brilliant. I, I mean, like one and two Tim Burton and ones were. Yeah, were they were good. They were different stripes. Yeah. But then Batman Forever was like fine, man's enjoyable. Yeah. And then it got down the like with the Schumacher ones that are horrible, like that with it? with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I, I love them because <laughs> they're, they're just brilliant. They're just mental. <laughs> they're so bad. I mean, like you know, it, it was the nineties. Yeah, know? and they look more like Arkham City because the yeah. sets are just so insane. The sets are like, yeah, they're like video game sets, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's quite fun. Fun fact, I used to work with a guy that modeled the Arkham Knight 3D character. But For the game? Yeah, he couldn't tell me who the character was because he had signed an NDA. And then when the uh, game came out, he told me who the character is. Did. No spoilers. Hello, Billy. I have your name here, man. I, I practiced. No? Yeah, all right, no, go for it. Let me do this, all right? I've got the Italian spelling, which I think is, is more correct than the English one. Yeah. So it should be... Billy Bojadzoglu. That's very good. It's Billy Bojadzoglu. That's oh, with a Greek accent. Bojadzoglu. Yeah. All right, Billy. Hello, a Billy. A.K.A. Bill Ellis. A.K.A. Bill Ellis. <laughs> Not Billy Eilish. <laughs> you chosen <laughs> the name way before Billy Eilish. But yeah. It just turned out well, that... I keep getting tagged in fan videos of her <laughs> and pictures. <laughs> but soon enough, you'll have to collaborate with Billy Eilish. That would be cool because she's got some mad artwork yeah and she has got a particular sense of style and I, I quite like character. the work she puts out so really and you yeah. don't say that lightly no like she the creatives behind her are brilliant and i'm sure she has a say in it and the creative teams and all the stuff she does with the insects mm. and the dark visuals they're quite brilliant yeah especially for someone of that age so it'd be cool Wait, to she, work she's like what 17, 17 now? now mother it's incredible yeah. what she done yeah. amazing you gotta respect that yeah, yeah. Like just being purely being herself, yeah. Which is what what I like about this. Is what I like about you as well. But like we'll, we'll get to that. Um, okay, yeah. You know, you've been <laughs> the main example. Whenever somebody talk about Instagram, yeah, I'm always like, mm -hmm. I'll show you how Instagram works. Yeah, and I'll show you. <laughs> well, your I to that, I can say I'm the same with people like other people like Boss Logic people, Rafa Grossetti. Yes, yes, because you, you also collaborated with all these yeah. people. Boss Logic does all the graphic for Marvel. Yeah, he's well, like he, a, a he's, legend. In, I in quite like his story because I've known him for like what 10, 12 years now. Yeah, and we met in one of those like dark internet forums where you just loads I of bet. digital artists join up. And Is that David? It wasn't David Art. No, it was called. Uh, one of them was Slash Three. The other one was called Evoke One. Never and it's just of a, yeah, they're just forums. It's just how the all these like designers started that had kind of their own style in the digital world this and then, is like this is pre-reddit because reddit now has uh, i think reddit existed but this was particularly for art so it was like okay. a bunch of people we had to do an application and then we'd get like a brief okay and then do something to that brief and then all the members of the forum would vote on the new members all right so it's like cg society in a way yeah kind of and okay. then we would have uh, yearly collection so we'd mm. have a theme and then everyone goes and does their thing that's amazing but then it goes through a feedback stage so all the other right. people give their feedback and then you cr and then you have a vote in what pieces get in so then that's how I met Boss Logic 
no idea what he looked like or anything. Didn't know, even know he was from Australia. And All right, let me see. Let me see this. Okay, so Boss Logic is, as I was saying, he's a legend in the industry. He does all the posters for Marvel. I think he does character design for them as well. For no, he's he's, he's he's more of a fan art guy. He's more fan art. Because okay. he's been doing so much now. Yeah. He's of getting to do official poster artwork. And he's been visuals. doing official stuff for a while, though. Yeah. Right? So it's like, it's, it's, it's the guy. Whenever you yeah. talk about Marvel, people, people in the industry, they know him. It's, yeah, it's I think guy. it helps that he's got a ridiculous following as well because it also works as yeah. like hype and advertising for the films. Yeah, it's 1.3 million on Instagram, but yeah. just on Instagram. He's maybe. a really, yeah. really cool dude. He's a cool dude. I like how he, he gets just a lot, stuff out. <laughs> he gets a lot of hate. He does. Because <laughs> so, he does these things where he, he would just imaginary cast someone to play a character and yeah. was like, oh, you can't use that on that <laughs> but and you can't do that. But then do that in Neil's Blade. Yeah. <laughs> he did like, what's the guy, the actor name? Uh, I forgot his name. But oh, it. damn it. So he did uh, this 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 uh, art in February Yeah. and then <laughs> the studio came out later at the year and said, oh, this is going to cast his Blade and he yeah. nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. He's, he's got, he had the poster before. He's the done it a few announced. times so it's quite funny his like predictions. Um, yeah, he's... Um, He's a heavyweight in the industry, yeah. I see. He's got a lot of influence in, yeah. in the industry, which is funny because he's just started as fan art guy. Well, it's just it's doing it for fun. And yeah. nice. that's what I love. You start doing it for fun and then it becomes your job. But also, like, he's got one of the key ingredients, which is, like, patient. Yeah. Just keep on doing it, man. Yeah. Keep doing it. It, it won't happen overnight. No. I mean, it takes years. So, Billy, you are a 3D artist. But that is very, uh, it doesn't really cut it. Yeah, I like to call it 3D illustration. 3D illustration. Because an illustrator has more of a unique style. Yeah. Because I'm not a 3D generalist. I'm not a general 3D artist. I'm not a 3D sculptor. I'm a mix of bits of everything. Yeah. And you're not a 3D modeler either, although you do 3D I, you I do, do bits of it, yeah. but I do it for the process and what I need in my illustration work. Yes, that's the so thing. I, I wouldn't model it. a phone. No. That's what I like about you, right? I was lucky enough to meet you. Was that a year and a half ago? Because you yeah. moved into the, the, the office yeah. floor I was in. And um, the thing I like about you is that you mastered all the basic stuff that you need for your work. Yeah. Like, there is no, nothing crazy. There's nothing magic. When you when I ask you the first time, what, do you, what are you using? You say, yeah. oh, I use this, this, and this. I was like, oh, right. And then you're like, what? So like, oh, yeah. You also use, like, grayscale, gorilla lighting. and Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is all like normal stuff anybody can use. Yeah, it's because I think it's less about how technical you are when it comes to illustration. Is is the style and what yeah. you're trying to the story you're trying to tell with your work. Because mm. I'm not the best modeler, I'm not the best sculptor. There's people out there that are incredible. Rafa Grossetti, in my opinion, is the best zebrash artist in the world. Again, he, he's like a heavy, heavy. Yeah, Santa industry. Monica Studio. Yeah, he's like he's God he's of War. God of War art yeah. director. Yeah, he's 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 that guy. He's yeah. that level. Yeah. And I just see people like that, and obviously I get jealous, but I get they, jealous. they specialize get in one out. thing. Yeah, because it's just amazing what they can do. But with my stuff, I just like, I know what I'm good at, and I try and learn new stuff at times, but when you're so busy, you sort of tend to fall to your safe area and do more of the same stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, you're so busy now. Yeah. But, like, I want to, you know, okay, so... This is called Adventures in the Grieve Industries, right? Because <laughs> it's an adventure and it's full of shit and overcoming problems and adversities. You are saying, you are now, I don't want to say the top of your game because that's not true because God knows yeah. what the top of your game is, but you're high in the game now. You're to you're, yeah. We're talking like you're working with 
fruit companies. You're yeah. working with studios. You, you, the last big thing you made, well, <laughs> the last big thing that we can talk about properly is probably the John Wick poster. Yes. That you, you did the, basically their visuals. For the yeah, poster. I did the key visual for the IMAX campaign. Yeah, for just a tiny thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it started <laughs> off a lot smaller than what it ended up being. So it started off as a, it was a project with a four artist interpretations of the John Wick artwork. Mm-hmm. So we just had a few pictures of Keanu Reeves, and then we were let free to do what we wanted. Yeah, uh, I put my creative treatment in. They were all happy with it. They liked all the references. But then the key, I think, that one, the reason why this job is one of my favorite projects ever mm-hmm. is because I was untouched for two and a half months. They just let me do my thing. They didn't even ask to see stuff. They're like, just do your thing. And when you're ready to show it, show it. Bless them. When you have a creative director that let you do that, yeah. they say, oh, I, I, just let him do his thing. It was LA agency, Lindemann Associates, who basically do Bless 90% them. of all the posters you see in cinema and all the work for Netflix, all the studios, they've done Avengers, they do yeah. everything. But because it was an artist series, they didn't want to interfere too much. So I did it, I sent it in. They all loved it. The only feedback was to change the shot of Keanu Reeves. Uh, and then after that, they started talking about someone from Lionsgate saw it and they want to use it as the IMAX artwork. Mm-hmm. So then more funding came in to obviously create a more detailed, bigger artwork. Yeah. And then I did the whole thing. There was one version where you had a halo of machine guns, which was... <laughs> yeah, we saw that. You posted that online, didn't you? Uh, y- y- by accident, because that's accident. not... It's not an approved version. It was approved, and then... But, like, okay, so... You, <laughs> the poster is, um, there is Keanu and and in the front, and then is there are like three D design. Um, yeah, there's decorative, decorative ornamental mandalas, guns, and yeah, we took the guns out and replaced with yeah. spears and chains because oh, all yes. the statues in the Continental have spears. Yeah, and then there's one of the villains who's got uh, chain tattoos on his head. And also, there's been mass shooting left and right, so yeah. I think that that was one of the other one of the other reasons. And also included a little puppy skull on the <laughs> right, bottom yes, with some did. flowers and a female angel, almost about to grab Keanu, and that was a representation of his dead wife. Yeah. So y- that's the thing. Whatever you do, you always go deep. There's always like extra elements in it. Of yeah, I just I like to tell a story. Yeah. So it's not just cool looking stuff. I want it to have a background story to it yeah and that comes out but that was not always the case once upon a time you were not at the top of your game yeah. <laughs> you were way way f- down below at the very beginning so like first of all you are half greek yes half english yeah that's greek mom's english where did you grow up uh grew up in cost till i was 12 mm-hmm. and then moved to corinthos which is near athens mm-hmm. And then I've got family in Devon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. I grew up near Athens. And then I've got Yeah, so like, <laughs> Kos, Corinthos, uh, Newton Abbott, Totnes, Dartmouth, and then Plymouth for uni, <laughs> then Brighton, and yeah. now Edinburgh. Edinburgh. But how did you get started doing this stuff? Uh, so I think when I was 16, I got into like illustration, comic sort of stuff and a little bit of graffiti. Mm. And then my art teacher at the time kicked me out and called my parents and said I should get a psychiatrist because all I drew was like skeletons and like 
religious stuff being a bit <laughs> blasphemous because you, your stuff is all dark it's, it's yeah it's, it's sort of it's it's dark it's dark, dark but like i, I try and, and i want to mix light and dark religion yeah. with sacrilege i think because everything is balanced so i'm trying to balancing out i'm not just straight up like illustrating dark evil stuff pure evil yeah there's always a balance to it. There's always yeah. an element of trying to counteract the good and the bad. Oh, every single picture you have, there's always light and darkness. Yeah. That's one of the things I like about it. And whether it's in, it's in the light itself or it's in the colors you use or it's in the artwork. Yeah, or the subject, balance, all yeah. the references, all the patterns or the symbolism in yeah. it. Which I think is part of the charm of your work. It's like because it, everybody can put on a skull and make yeah. a different design of a skull like many others do. But not many can do what you do, which but, is add meaning to it. And I think the the issue with when you got such a particular medium to work on, which mm -hmm. is basically death, <laughs> it gets quite challenging <laughs> to keep doing that because you just end up doing the same stuff all the time. So I, I like the challenge of trying to reinvent and create something new on the same medium. But like you were 16, man. What oh, were no, you I'm talking about now. But yeah, yeah when yeah. I was 16, I was just drawing some weird dark stuff and some graffiti well, yeah. what was the, the weirdest thing you drew that <laughs> your teacher called you i out think one. i did a zombie jesus <laughs> well, that's with, with four <laughs> skeleton legs and snakes going okay. into his brain yeah. and then spider-man was behind him because <laughs> we had if we were trying to figure out what how to mix it and then i got <laughs> into uni how to make spider-man <laughs> yeah <and> jesus please <laughs> and then i think yeah it was that the, was it that's so that was uh high school yeah at you high school you were in here in the no UK. i was in greece you were in greece yeah so i was like doing greeks uh proper school in the day and then doing private english in the evening do you know what this is this is like probably not related to your job but like it's one thing um i've always wondered so at school as italian we study a lot of greek mythology yeah and history because yeah. together with latin history and, and mythology uh, it kind of makes europe basic yeah. um structure of beliefs and and life, way of life in general. And the gods are pretty similar. And the gods are similar. Yeah. But like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to get pumped for saying that. But <laughs> the gods are different, but similar. What What's the deal when you when you study there? Like, do you study every single god? Or how do you how do you guys approach your mythology? Well, your at school, you're sort of forced to learn ancient Greek. Mm -hmm. And you're forced to learn religious studies and you're forced to learn Greek history. When you talk about religious studies, what do you focus Jesus. on? Jesus. It was Why? literally like Bible, Jesus, Testament, all that stuff. So Passions of the Christ. When did you guys change from one to the other then? When did you guys get... Well, it's different subjects. You do them all. So you do... You, it's sort of like theology, basically. Yeah, well, well the di three different subjects. So you got ancient Greek, yeah. purely for the language and stuff, a bit like Latin. Right. But I... I get the heritage point of it, but to me it was completely pointless. Because <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I've, okay. I've, I know Greek and I know English, I'm bilingual, so why do I need an ancient language? Look, some some high schools in Italy, we do study ancient Greek yeah. too. It's part because of the law system. Yeah, well, I, I get the history. The history was brilliant, loved it. Oh, the history is amazing. Yeah. Like, okay, okay. So the Italian history, it's cool and everything, you know, we've got the Romans in it. Yeah. But Greek history? Yeah. What the hell? And then each term it changes, so you got like ancient Greek history, and then you got like Spartans, Athenians, yeah. uh, Trojan War, all that stuff. Yeah. 
and then you move on to like European history and then you go to like Asian history and Indian history. So we did a bit of everything. Yeah. So I think that's where most of the influences for like religions have come into my work. And then you got Greek Orthodox Christian uh, mm. subject, which is basically taught by someone who used to be an ex-nun or an ex-priest or something. An ex So it's very like militant Christian. <laughs> how you should act, how you should do this. It's very like old school and sort yeah. of limiting that's why i didn't like it i like i like reading the stories behind it but i didn't yeah. like the whole kind of brainwashing that came with it of of orthodox christianity yeah and and the way they, they teach because i was brought up christian orthodox so i'm baptized and stuff i've been you are okay I, I used to go to church so what about the old the old gods Does anybody still follows them in in greece a few people do really? it's a bit like how you get in england the druids and stuff it's That's some people like, believe in it, but they believe in Zeus yeah. and all the rest. From from all the religions, like my favorite are ancient Greek gods, oh, yeah. Viking gods. Oh man, those are like the the ancient superheroes. Yeah. Imagine you're a kid and yeah. they start talking, telling you about all the <laughs> ancient Greek yeah. gods. Yeah, I really That's like um, all the gods from uh, India. Oh yeah, because they've got incredible stories behind them. Yeah. So I think some people get offended with my work, but. Oh, we'll get into yeah. that. You know I'm a fan of that. You know I'm a yeah. fan of that. Um, so, high school, Greece, and then what happened? And then I decided I wasn't going to have a future in Greece. Why not? Because there was no jobs. All the universities, all the... You're either really good at something, so you end up being an architect or a doctor, mm -hmm. or you're a bit mediocre like I was, and I was good with computers and all right with drawing. Mm -hmm. But I didn't. Uh, there was no out for me. There was no route for me in Greece to do anything. Really? So I just worked on my uncle's factory for a year and a half. What were you doing in your uncle's factory? Uh, stacking electrical supplies and oh, that filling. Up, fun. Yeah, he builds a lot of weird plug sockets and stuff like <laughs> that. <laughs> what do you mean weird plug sockets? Like <laughs> protective sockets that go into the wall. Oh god, you like to like cover sockets. cables yeah, and all right, that stuff. On. Spotlight sockets and all that. The kind of stuff that nobody wants to do, but like it's actually a yeah. genuine business because people yeah. always. Yeah, and you're 17 and you wake up every day at five to go to the factory. You were 17. Have you done with high school at that time? Or yeah. Right. And other time I was applying for unis here in England. What were you applying for? Uh. Well, the first thing I applied was multimedia technology because I thought you're not going to make money with that, so just go to a computer technical side. That's so annoying that you thought that. But where, where, where? Well, back then, that's what it was like. Which, which university? Uh, university of Plymouth and University of Plymouth. Bristol. Okay. But I got into Plymouth, and of right. course, that was multimedia technology and something else. And this was what year was that? I think it was 2007. Right. So. Or 2006. One of them. How old are you now? Uh, I'm going to be 31 in two weeks. You but look like a bad motherfucker. You look like you're 40. <laughs> you're working too much, man. That's what happens when you lose hair and your beard starts going grey. Yeah. At <laughs> 31, mm. you got to take a holiday, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Nah, not yet. After September, maybe. You said that last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said the same exact yeah. thing. I came in September and said, are you going on holiday? Nah, I'm too busy. <laughs> right, sorry, keep going. And then, yeah, going to the course turned up and then... I think we started some of the modules and then one of them was soldering. So like actual microchips and stuff. The other one was like programming Arduino and processing. Yeah, which was very code. popular at the time. Yeah, the yeah same everyone loves all that. Something else about radio frequencies and yeah. stuff. And I'm like, this is going way over my head. C++, <laughs> C++ programming and web design. 
But like web design for the first year, they wouldn't show you Dreamweaver or anything like that. Yeah. They would get you a note notepad and you'd have to type in the code in notepad and run the notepad file. That's the same shit they pulled with us. Yeah. yeah. So it's you very get, get very the beauty of the code. And I'm like, I'll just go online and get Squarespace or Wix or something or Adobe <laughs> ProSite done. There was no Squarespace at <laughs> no. the time. What are you talking about? Then, there was barely any HTML5 at the time. I think three months in, I'm like, I can't do this. So then you I, do? I found another course, which was Digital Art and Technology. Which is bang on, right? Well, half of it <laughs> was basically the course I was doing because yeah. they, were, they weren't sure about the art. So <laughs> at Plymouth, you either do... That's, f- a, that's a rebranding yeah. issue right there. You either do full hardcore code and tech stuff or you go to the other faculty and do illustration or fine art. Yeah. But t- f- that was a bit too arty for me. And then well, the, wait, 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 what, what do you mean was a bit too arty? It was like fine art, like sculpture and... Oh, right, okay. So like the fundamentals of fine yeah. art. Okay. So like if you wanted to be the new Damien Hurst, you'd probably do some of like that. You still need the basics a little bit, though. Yeah, but at this course, digital art seemed to try and bridge the two. Okay, which is it, it's two extremes. Yeah, connected by a very fine yeah. line. But right. I think the whole, the only thing that I took from the course, one of the main things, is there was one guy called Vlad. He was a sixty-five-year-old Russian tutor. He was signed to teach us three D. Vlad's never done three D, so Vlad got <laughs> Blender out. And he found some tutorials online and just played the tutorial. Oh, yeah. So after six months, we knew how to texture the Blender monkey model you get mm-hmm. within Blender. So we didn't yeah. learn any modeling. We just took the monkey, put some colors on it, and did some camera animations. Oh. And then we had a standing tutor that was a bit more cool and mm. hip. And he introduced us to After Effects and Trap Code. And we did a bit, of that, a bit of that stuff. <laughs> bit of audio reaction and we're talking about 2009 yeah that's the same year i go into after effects yeah. too. <laughs> so actually i go in 2008 but yeah kind of the same year there's not much then like after no. effects was was a, was i would say it was a broken mess yeah but i'm telling you it's much worse now so keep going yeah <laughs> and then i think I, I i found photoshop as well not for like photo grading more for like the photo manipulation side yeah. of it and then i just started messing around and I was quite, there was a few guys at the time, Pete Harrison, Mike Harrison, uh, Nicholas Lundberg, and all these guys were doing crazy stuff with Photoshop. Mm. And they were in all the magazines and working for like Nike and stuff. Yeah. And they had a very cool style all done in Photoshop. And I'm like, I want to be like them. Mm. So I just started doing stuff on my spare time. And then I tried to learn Blender more. It wasn't happening. And then somehow someone told me about Cinema 4D. Which at the time, which is when I got into two, is yeah. it was much better Blender. I mean, Blender is. Yeah. I don't know if you touched Blender. I've lately. touched it a few months ago. Two point eight. It looks. It's yeah. much better. Like Blender is is improved. If you don't have money and you want to get into three D, yeah. fire up Blender, my friend. It's free and it's it's comprehensive. Now. When you've been working with cinema for ten years, like nah, you, you can't you can't change. No. But I get bet, I bet people come to you. Oh, you should use Houdini. I've I've had I know people that use Houdini and are very good at it. Yeah. So I'll let them use it because <laughs> <laughs> they can use it. That's it took great. me forever. <laughs> like Octane, which is what I render in, Octane node system was a minefield to start with. Mm-hmm. So I've got that down. 
for going into Houdini and trying to learn their system is not going to happen. No, you got to go down. I mean, like maybe one day yeah. <laughs> you'll feel that strength. Yeah. You. I like sculpting. I like pressing a few buttons. I like thinking how <laughs> to make <laughs> some stuff, but thinking of mathematics and stuff to create weird geometries is just... No, I think it'll be no. good to play around when I've got mm. some spare time. Yeah, in 2075. So yeah, yeah I'll probably get Houdini Indy and just play around, but right. it won't be something I'll be adding to my workflow anytime soon. I'm pretty sure if you call Houdini, they'll send somebody over to teach you. <coughs> they'll give you the software for uh, free. I'll, I'll get, I've got a mate of mine who could just come over for a holiday because he's incredible. Right. Well, I bet you do. Like, I mean, your, uh, <laughs> your circle of friends on Instagram... Right, the people you collaborate with, yeah, they're all inc- they're all like stable the c- in the community. They've been for years. Yeah, I just they're I just like not as popular as you because they, they they do different things and maybe don't don't strike a chord as much as as your stuff. But yeah, well, that's why I love with collaboration is because sometimes you might get a creative block and you don't know what to make. Yeah, and then so when when you see collaborations, when I don't know what I'm going to do with my own work. Yeah, and is that what it is? Uh, kind of, but kind of. <laughs> Well, it helps refresh your brain a bit and to yeah. see other people's perspective on yeah. your stuff and to learn from other people. That's why I think collaborating is so important. I get loads of people that message me that want to collaborate and no offense, but I want to work with friends of mine who I of appreciate course. their styles and I want to yeah. see something different compared to stuff I've seen already. But if someone could call contact you and say, dude, I've seen your stuff and this guy is, is doing amazing shit too. Yeah. And he said, look, I, l- I really love your stuff, man. Yeah, do I'll find time and I'll, I'll, I'll get on it. Yeah. I think it's with collaborations is because it takes time. For example, the one I did with Sick Mick, the Necromaria, that took three months to do. Y- y- yeah, I mean, that is very blasphemous. Eh? Like that, that, that was uh, powerful shit. Yeah. But why is it blasphemy? It's just because you're I using... Think people using, don't know No, why. you're using some um, icon imagery, I think. Yeah. That's why. But really, like, the, if you look at the meaning of the work, it's not like you're going after anybody. Yeah. Like, it's, it's you're trying to... to well, it's our interpretation of what if Maria was an alternative tattoo model <laughs> in this day and era. Exactly. Yeah. But but what are, are the, why should it be an issue? Because it's an ancient symbol. Uh, we tried to put it in a <coughs> certain day and age. So it's like, just because someone looks a bit different yeah. doesn't mean he's evil. No, but, y- you know, it's 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 a, t- it's a learning thing. It's a teaching thing. When you, you're a young child and you grow up in a Catholic country, yeah. certain images are sacred. Yeah. Like, it's that thing you, you just... D- don't say the name of God in vain, you know, it's yeah. just, it's, it's the thing you don't even question, you know, it's yeah. like, why is Jesus white? People get offended with the, the first time you see death, yeah. you inst- people instantly link that to blasphemy. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, the reason why it's ridiculous as well is if people search the decorated saints, which is a mm-hmm. series of actual saints yeah. in full armor, preserved in churches, so you see their bones covered in armor. Yeah. So these saints exist. Yeah, but also like death, yeah, the meaning of death has changed over the years. Yeah. Because I think it's because now we we, we live until we're 80. But once yeah. upon a time, we used to die like for 30, mm. 40. So like death was a lot more imminent. Yeah. It, was a, it was a real, um, I think we, 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 we embraced it differently. It yeah. was part of the folklore a lot more than it is now. And have you seen medieval paintings of 
Absolutely. Religion. Yeah, man. Tough. That's, also, that shit is dark. Aye. And, you know, you've been to Prague and you've seen yeah. the cathedral all, all built on, on Yeah, books. the uh, horror. Yeah, same as in Rome. We have yeah. one in Rome. I mean, Rome is a cat, the Catholic city for excellence. Yeah, and that was done uh, by York. actual priests. Yeah, so. actual priests that they use the other priests that died yeah. bones and build this thing on. Yeah. I think your style, um, if you go past the imagery, which are there because they carry a meaning. Yeah. Let's not hide it. I mean, uh, you're, yeah. using, you're using the like Mary Virgin because it carries a meaning. Yeah. And you, you're trying to subvert that meaning. And I'm you're trying, trying to balance to the purity of it. Yeah. And trying to say, yeah, I mean, the whole story is, is a bit, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to believe, but that's yeah. that's faith for you. But, you know, I, I, I do think that you use these imageries because they mean something in, in f- people's, uh, well, countries, folklore, like yeah. Catholic, Catholic religion, you know, that I mean, those images mean something. You use them for that. Growing up Christian Orthodox, I was bombarded with all this imagery. Yeah, same. For example, I my mean, dad's cousin. Not Orthodox, but same. My dad's cousin, he's a he's a priest, but he specializes in religious paintings. So he will go and paint entire churches and oh, stuff. Oh, is he? Is he good? He's very good. Oh, wow. Uh, you have to be to do, actually do a church. He, it's not just you've, you're trained. You need to be certified because the orthodox painting has a particular style. You know, they're very chubby hands with the really long fingers and the expressive right, faces. Right, yes, 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 I'm with you. So he does that in churches. And I had a few sessions with him when I was younger. So it, growing up in a religious area like that, when you're bombarded by religious imagery, of course, it's going to influence your work down mm-hmm. the line mm-hmm. where you're like, well, well, that stuff is really cool and I've got amazing talent. So yeah. why can't I not mix my style of the 3D world with references from there. Yeah. Whether it's Orthodox, Catholic, um, Indian, Hindu, Buddhism. Yes, but you, you, I think I would say it's fair to say that you've been, your your work is influenced a lot more by Catholic imagery. Yeah. Uh, well, Orthodox, Catholic in yeah. this case, but that that type of imagery I think is very, yeah. is very prominent in your work. Yeah. And uh, together with like, Again, you know where you grew up, so ancient Greek. Yeah, and and the fact that you grew up in and around <laughs> marble, like I did. Yeah, um, some of your work, right, is you you created this marble material, which is beautiful. Yeah, you know, you know that you yeah, nailed the marble. You, do you sub surface scattering as well with marble? Uh, yeah, SSS. I tried to use substance uh, painter, but it won't work because I've got a weird hacked kit. Right. Yeah, one PC, one Mac. Well, when I move to the full PC camp next year, because mm-hmm. you're gonna use Substance. Yeah, I'll be getting on Substance just to learn because it's it's, it's incredible. Quite yeah. It's amazing. At the and moment, I'm yeah. just Octane procedural dirt. But you, you, so there's there is no subsurface scattering underneath. There is. There is. Yeah. Okay. Well, my marble texture is made out of eight different textures. Yeah. So it's beautiful. But what well, every time I see that, I look, what I like about your work, okay, I'm gonna rant now. Um, I love when you have prominent lights and darkness in the same place yeah. so when you have a spotlight maybe you have like a backing light yeah you got I think there. my lighting is i always use one environment light which will be faking the room yeah so when i use gold stuff i've created an hdri from visiting can you explain to me what an hdri is imagine you're in a room and mm-hmm. you take a, a chrome sphere in the middle yeah so what you see on that sphere is the environment. So imagine that you create that environment in 3D. So, so you're basically putting... a picture that is adapted to work yeah, on Yeah, 360 on panorama sphere. up and yeah. down. And you unwrap that. So you're basically creating a world for your 3D scene to be in. So then you get reflections, lights and stuff. Yeah. But I've created... I only use two HDRIs. 
and one of them I made by taking panoramas of various churches in Budapest, Prague, and did Greece. You, did you take those panoramas? Or? Yeah. Aye. So then I compiled it all together because they have nice, especially the Orthodox churches have always have candles on. So you create a very nice, warm light. That's why you've done that piece with all the candles underneath. Yeah. I got you. So that goes and lights my scene, and that's why I use for like gold stuff and metals. Mm. And when it comes to marble, I tend to use a very cold factory HDRI, mm. very dark, mm. and then I just put one light. Just one light? Yeah, Is one overhead light. Here? And then if I need backlight, I will put a reflector plane. Right. Um, okay. if so I put an actual light behind SSS materials, you're yeah. going to see the light go through. Well, if you've got a reflector, right, of course. Scene uh, off yeah, it. yeah, yeah, that makes a sense. A bit photographer uses a reflector plane. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, but what I like about it, it's very evocative for me because growing up, going to Rome, seeing all, you know, as, as a child, the school, school takes you, you see all the churches, yeah. you see all the museums. Um, so I've been around this beauty. Yeah. you take for granted it's amazing right so you have these beautiful sculptures wherever you go you go to this museum like a beautiful beautiful artwork everywhere yeah. and like art is is taken for granted so seeing all that marble growing up when i see your work it just it's weird i have a pang of I, it gives me this pang of yeah. uh, nostalgia i was like oh like I, I sculpt stuff but sometimes i like finding 3d scans of old statues like the yeah. classic famous statues yeah and then smashing up cutting bending editing how i want it to sort of merge the heritage with what i'm trying to put into the work which is skulls most likely yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah. okay all right so let's get back to your journey right and you are now doing uni in plymouth and then yes. you, you second year you're not liking it no change the course kept working on it did some very weird projects learned some extra script while at it you did actually yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how many things like <laughs> we, we cross over yeah. i do action script too <laughs> yeah action script did a bit of c plus uh well then funny enough the uni project ended up on a church again so we did a projection mapping on a church yeah, you were right light. at home there yeah lasers and lights so that was quite cool then final year i think the main thing that i got from the course is sometimes i slate uni because a lot of times in the creative industry, it's a bit pointless, in my opinion, mm. because... Don't get me started. When people say, like, where did you study? Where did you learn? Well, I learned this myself. Mm. I spent years doing it, and that's the best way to learn, in my opinion, because if you go to uni, someone's going to teach you the way they think you should be taught, but everyone learns differently when it comes to creative subjects. Not just that. The person's going to teach you is exactly what you said. Is somebody yeah. done the, the bloody courses the online courses or they've done some training yeah. and then they come and regurgitate it to you I like mean, they, they, what are the professionals yeah there's brilliant courses like raven's born in london and that's specific for like three animation and genesis and zbrush and stuff but if you're trying to be an illustrator can you spell that out just for people that are interested in uh i'm not i think it's raven mm -hmm. the bird s b o u r n e so that's my thought on uni because there's so many courses online done by industry professionals if you want to get more into the technical specific area mm. of the field and you can learn i think way better than people at uni because these guys do it for a living they're not teaching it for a living they, no. they work all day long yeah. on they ridiculous teach for extra income yeah or they teach it because they want to share their knowledge the knowledge and then they want to get more people into the field 100 percent. i mean i've seen people um doing the motion school yeah and 
now they're beautiful, beautiful artists, man. And all it is is like 800 quid of yeah. motion design school course. And, you're and I think you've got to have the passion to just create your own thing instead of what you're being taught. I think you have a very good take on um, training and doing tutorials and stuff. Yeah. Because I've seen, I mean, I, I went all the way back, as I said to you before this, and so you know your work from the beginning. Apart from the manga shit you have yeah. on Deviant Art, uh, I didn't even know you had a yeah, Deviant Art. Yeah, that's bad. Um, that's not like <laughs> it's funny because you showed me that, and then we found that picture you'd done the same tutorial I'd done ten years yeah. ago as well, and it's like, oh, damn, I got the same yeah, similar and picture. And that's the thing, and then so you got loads of people doing exactly the yeah, same thing. And the funny thing is, even my Deviant Art too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. So you have learned Cinema 4D. Octane, but you haven't started from Octane. You started from no. V-Ray, which is the standard yeah. Cinema for the renderer. Because for people that don't know, Octane no, is, a, st- is a custom renderer. Standard Sorry. Cinema is... I forgot what they call it. There's a standard cinema, which is why I started. And then I got from. V-Ray. Yeah. Then I moved to Corona, which Corona, I, was, yeah. I was in love for a bit. Because Corona, I thought it was loads of fun. And then did some Arnold, but I wasn't a huge fan. Can you explain... Okay. Can you explain what a renderer is? Uh... I do explain it. So every 3D package will have its own render engine, but then it's a a separate package that basically calculates all your lights, textures, scene effects, shadows, and every renderer has its own beauty. But I think at the moment I'm in love with Octane because GPU, speed, it has a tendency of looking a bit better than the others, but then you got Redshift, which is better for production because Octane likes to crash quite a bit. So Octane and Redshift, what they do, they 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 use the power GPUs to yeah. render, so you can do fast renders. Yeah, and you or if you got decent enough kit, you're on real time. You got real time feedback, yeah. so you can see what you're doing. Instantly. It's not final, meaning it's not as polished and as no. advanced as the final render, but. You can see we're doing real life, which oh, yeah. was a big shift in the industry about five years ago, six years yeah, ago. Yeah, most of the people I know now, they're all full GPU. Yeah, I mean, like, you have to, four GPUs. You full mean. GPU. Full uh, GPU, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, full GPU rendering. Why wouldn't you? Like, yeah. Why w- you, you got instant feedback in 3D, which was like, when I did Maya in 2008, it was like magic, you know? Like, the idea that you could do something like that, it was crazy. Yeah. Right, cheers, man. Cheers. Um, morning beer here, yeah, guys. Morning beer. <laughs> I see it's full. Um, so I think that was a huge shift in the industry. I remember yeah. like dreaming about that stuff. But then I got out of it 3D. I didn't. I wasn't interested in 3D anymore. And when I stopped being interested in 3D, this stuff started to appear. Yeah, <laughs> it's all like kicking off now. Then RTX is coming in. So I bought even like Blender supports. Now. Yeah, I it's bought crazy. four graphics cards last year: GTX 1080 or liquid cold but now I want to move to RTX but does that make a difference in terms of render because RTX yeah. okay so like let's give some RTX acceleration in Octane has been proven to increase decrease render times by like f- three times motherfucker yeah when the RTX is on so GTX graphic cards the media cards the the uh, the pinnacle of commercial yeah. uh, consumer graphic cards last year very very powerful stuff not the professional stuff but that was very expensive I mean, yeah. we're talking about three times the price for professional grade graphic cards. Yeah. So this GTX 1080 Ti's, you got? Yeah. Um, are the like very powerful cards? I mean, you can play games 4K. You have 60 to 100 FPS, no problem. Ultra. And you just need that one card. Right? But you need one card. Yeah. yeah. So one card is like the, the it was the, it was the pinnacle of video gaming last year. 
Now, NVIDIA this year introduced the 2080 Ti, which is the most powerful one, and they introduced this thing called RTX Cores? Not Cores, what's it called? I think it's yes. RTX Acceleration. Don't ask me, <laughs> I'm not that They're marketing fluff. But Very fast shit. <laughs> what it does, it renders uh, light in a different way, in a way that you can do it in real time. So then they've got AI denoises, which are, again, incredible. Because you can take down... I used to render stuff for like 3,000 passes, but that's because I'm not that technical and I just crank that up. But you can bring that down to like 500 passes, which mm -hmm. happens within a few seconds, and then you stick a denoiser yeah. on it. And it's AI denoiser, and it just sorts it all out for you. Which is amazing. It's yeah. just, that is, again, is like an improvement. It's a use, yeah. Let's use AI to improve render time, so yeah. you need to render less, and you get so support. Everything is just getting way faster. It's amazing. But that means it's people like you can make crazy, crazy artwork. Yeah, quickly. but I think all that technical stuff is all cool in that, but it's more of the idea, because I still yeah. made stuff in V-Ray, still made stuff in Corona, and that could take hours to render, but it's... It doesn't More matter. Right? The idea. That's the okay. So that's the next step, right? So you've done your uni, and then you start working in the industry. How did you get into motion graphics? Uh, I finished uni, and then I was working at a cocktail bar, but because I, I saw these guys, and I was a bit jealous of their success and on the online community. We're talking like, about the the heavy hitters we've seen. We talked about yeah. before the designers in the in the industry. And I wanted, I wanted a bit of that. So I started. I went on DeviantArt, started in all the blogs and stuff, got my work out there, and then. I think I got in. I got approached by I think it was AKQA. I can't remember the agency exactly, okay. but it was to work for Team Red Bull and Formula One. Okay. So I had to do four big key visuals for. So that. you got headhunted yeah. on Darian Tart. Well, I think they saw my work and Alex Cole did a pitch treatment, and then they got a bunch of us. But I'm straight out of uni. I've got no experience working on a big job. Did that for. Because the project was three, four months. Mm -hmm. Got paid stupid money. I was done for the year and I spent all the money and bought loads of kit. Which you invested on yourself. Yeah, and then spent loads of money going out and stuff like that. Mm. And buying video games and clothes <laughs> and random shit. Yeah, because you're a big video gamer. All, yeah. all the reasons why I want to do this podcast. But you were working off an iMac, were you not? Before the iMac, I was on an HP laptop. An H... Okay, so for those of you listening, Billy Ellis is one of the hot, 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 hot. Artist in the industry, right? Is skyrocketing, is doing the best projects you can ask for. And he started on an HP laptop. Yeah, it Just had a fingerprint unlocker, so you had to swipe your fingerprint yeah. to unlock it. Let that sink in. What graphic card do you have on that? I don't know. I know when I was working in After Effects and 3D, I couldn't have the laptop on my lap because it was too hot. <laughs> I love this. So you had like a consumer HP product, which... We know uh, HP is not famous no. for, for build quality on the laptops, at least. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know if they make laptop anymore. I, I don't know, but it was it was basically just a simple uni laptop. Yeah. I didn't even know about RAM or processors or graphics cards. And that's how you started making stuff. Yeah. What? How much did you make on that laptop? Uh, it was the shit stuff you've seen on DeviantArt. So the the manga drawings yeah, yeah. and the very first three D. Yeah, a bit of trap code and stuff like that. A bit of trap code. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then you moved into the iMac. Yeah, got an iMac, which was... Which is the worst choice for 3D artists. Yeah, but at the time, it <laughs> was the best thing I could do because it was brilliant. Yeah. It blew my head. Because it, it looked like, great. It looked cool. <laughs> yeah. I like command tab, tapping <laughs> between. I like... I like command <laughs> tab. <laughs> it looked, That's the worst yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love command yeah, tab. Yeah, I like that. And it, it, it looked cool. And at the time, what I was making didn't need mad power, and the CPU was fine. I thought that was normal waiting, waiting like 
10 hours for a render and like rendering overnight for oh one image. Oh, God, I'd remember I thought those that was days. normal. 10 hours for one frame. Yeah, been there. Still got that iMac. Do you? Yeah. Is that your partner using it's, it? No, it's at home now, but I don't, it's a bit broken. I've already had to change his its motherboard twice. The logic it, board. It, yeah, it know. doesn't turn on now, so I have to do that again. It's dead, man. But it's got totally. loads of all work on it, so I don't want to bin it. Oh, you can take the hard drive out. Yeah. That's easy. And then I got that. I got a hacked... Well, it's not a hacking sauce, but it is a bit. So your next purchase, your next purchase after the iMac was... Um, a body of a Mac Pro yeah. with the innards of just off-the-shelf consumer well, it's got stuff. All, most of the innards are Apple-approved innards. It's just a graphics yeah. card. Which shouldn't work. No, but it, does but it works. Because they have to, you have customized drive. I mean, like this is a whole new level. I would never use a Hackintosh for professional work. I didn't build it myself. I went to an official company that builds these, and they know what they're doing. And it's the same with yeah. my render box. My render box, I'm not even allowed to install anything on it. I'm Why not allowed you, to go on Google. It's literally a render box, liquid code with four GTX on it, process and all that stuff, and it just kicks in, yeah. connected to the Mac when I'm rendering. So it's instant, within a second, I've got five cards rendering. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want to touch it. I no. think at your level, at your level, you want to literally focus on the work, because that's yeah. what makes it money. Focus, focus on the tech stuff, yeah. that's a waste of your time. But it's just been built for me by render boxes. How much did it cost you? Uh, I think the PC was seven thousand. That's the render box. Yeah, yeah. But I mean cards alone are like four thousand. Yeah, because each card, they were like each card is like a grand. Time, yeah. yeah, and it's all liquid cold, and it's got like water pumps in it, and the processors yeah. are brilliant around. It's expensive, it's but also like you had an issue uh, six months ago. They flew the guy over. No, he drove over from he drove Kent. Over. He drove up from Kent. Did you pay for him to drive over from Kent? Well, he included it in the price of the box. He wanted to drive. I said, ship it. He's like, nah, it's too expensive of a kit to ship. Yeah. I'm not going to ship yeah. my kit, man. I'll pay for you to come up. But I need <laughs> I need more cards soon. So he's going to travel up on the plane with one of those metal briefcases, yeah. like a nuclear silo <laughs> box with, right. with cards in it and just fly over. And what are you going to do in? with your old 1080 DTIs? No, they're staying in. Because I've still got room for another four. So you're doubling down on 1080Ti's, but you're not. No, you're getting 1080s. I'm, g- I'm getting. I'm getting a new machine, which will be an RTX machine uh-huh. as my main master machine, yeah. and then this slave will be a 1080 slave. So you'll have two random machines. Yeah, but they will work together. You are going to like diminish your render times by half. Yeah, I mean they're good <sighs> now, but I've been More. working on some big res stuff like over 20k, 350 dpi for print. And do Which more takes motion. Forever. 300 yeah. DPI and 3D takes yeah. forever. How long does it take with your well, incredibly powerful kit? The f- uh, it was around two hours. Two hours with. For its 18,000 pixel, 350 DPI image. That's but it's because crazy. it's got neon in it, glass and SSS and stuff That's like that. This, you, we can't see the, ca- the client coming no, up. No. How did you get into Boulder Creator? Uh, I think they found me on Behance. They're based in Brighton. Just uh, open and close bracket. <laughs> Be- you are you have done Behance perfectly. If anybody wants to know how to do Behance, they just need to come and see your. your yeah, I uh, think in general, all social media needs to be on everything. I agree with you, but you, you, your social media are too. There's Instagram and Behance, everything else. You, you're uh, doing it. Twitter, Twitter, yeah, I'm you're doing. Twitter on Facebook. You're doing everything. Dribble, yeah. Tumblr, man. 
Tumblr. I haven't touched Tumblr in a while. Pinterest is big for me. Is it? Yeah. Pinterest, I'm something like 350,000 viewers a month or something. But that's because Pinterest is like, I collect stuff that interests me. And other so it's cool not just work. about your work? No, no, I've only got All one right. board, which is my stuff. Right, right. No, I'm talking about your work. You have one of the best Behance, probably in the industry, I would say. I think the best one, Peter Zucker has the best one. He's like the, the guy. Yeah. It's like, do you, oh, he's the guy. He didn't even have a website for like <laughs> six years. <laughs> he, he didn't just need had Behance. He ju- he, his Behance is like, okay, so his Behance is key, but yeah. for anybody starting out, if you want to know how to do Behance, Billy Ellis, Behance.net forward slash Billy Ellis. Just see how you do it. Yeah, <laughs> I think the key thing with Behance is have a decent project. Don't just stick one image yeah. up there. No, you, you go deep. I like how you, yeah. you put the image in and then you put all the other, like the amended images, which it works well yeah. for you because you're working on one piece of illustration so you can have all the different ones yeah. in 3D. Like for somebody else, it might not work that way, but I'm sure you have enough material when you're working with a client that you can show in your Behance. If it's your, if yeah. it's your uh, own project, I'm talking to students now, but like if it's your own project, just add like all the iterations you did, add some sketches, yeah, angles, you know, clays, different angles, yeah, crops, clay. yeah, clay 3D. I love seeing clays because I, I see Behance to me is less of a it works as a portfolio, but I, I like treating Behance more as a case study. So, yeah. actually, on my website, I don't go in such depth with the work, I no. just put the like the final stuff and maybe one image of development. I mean, the website is just a window shopping. Yeah. Right? You want you want your clients to have a look at your website and say, okay, yeah. this guy's legit and move on. Well, Behance, because it's more of the community and you want interaction, you want people to talk about the project and get feedback on it. I like expanding a lot more. I mean, I've got projects I take forever to scroll through. Yeah, But those does. are the ones that get featured because there's actual, there's a lot to it. So you get to see more of how things were made. For people listening, Behance featured the best uh, projects and then they give you basically after you got featured you get given like this kind of like little bookmark thing like that yeah. goes on your on your um, profile which is like internet points basically yeah. so you have that people know that you're legit and you're on the front page of Behance and stuff and you're the front page of Behance for that team for that, so like yeah. if you're in Behance forward slash illustrations then it's you there and that gives you a huge amount of visibility yeah from and the right people what you're doing real with your Behance is like you are very thorough with your projects and you have not deleted some of the older projects. You deleted some of the old, old projects. Yeah. That's fine. But you, you left some of the older stuff so that people can see where you started. Yeah, I've kept some. Yeah. I think I'll be checking as time goes on and more new work comes up because there's a lot of stuff on my website that I've archived and a yeah. lot of stuff on Behance that I've archived. For example, when I worked in in the motion agency, yeah, my Behance was full of that stuff, but it's not what I do. No, it's not your style. So, you, you've been uh, very thorough with your style. Yeah, and it makes no sense for me to share that when I want to be hired for what I do now. So, so what? What did you? Where did you start? What was the first social media you started with? Uh, well, creative-wise, I think it was. I think Behance was the first one. So you started from Behance. Yeah, and then I first. added like Twitter. Twitter second. Yeah. Okay. And then Facebook, I just had like my personal account, and then I made a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dribble and Pinterest came way after. Mm-hmm. Same with Tumblr. I think Behance was the first. Behance was the first. Well, DeviantArt was the first, and Behance yeah, was well, the, next, the yeah. Behance was the first professionally speaking. Yeah. Um, I've seen. So I went through your be your uh, Instagram instead. When did you start with your Instagram? Oh, I can't remember. 
Uh, I can tell you when you started. It was 2012. But like when when you started being serious with your Instagram. Oh yeah, first it was pers- it was like personal stuff like me posting yeah. about food and comics and beer. And you stuff. were talking about that, but also you thought you were showing some of the, the early projects you were doing. Yeah, it was more the commercial stuff when I was working in the agency, like style frames and. Yes. But I think. I just wanted to share the work, but the work was so varied. It was like stuff from like cars to Ministry of Sound to like yeah. nail varnish pitches to ice cream. It's cocktails. Yeah, it was just <laughs> 3D cocktails. It was it was a Instagram account of someone that does loads of generalist stuff in a motion yeah. agency. I can tell you that December 2014, when you posted Man versus Nature, that was when you switched gear. Yeah. That was when you realized, and you were talking about you were getting like 30 likes. Yeah, it was right. It was small, but you realized, oh, this is the thing. Well, what yeah, happened then? What happened December 2014? Well, I think I just, I, well, I think that was part of one of the art collectives, and we I just started sharing the work. But I think the, the key time for me is when I I did my 100, my 100 skulls or 50 skulls project. And that, that was, was way later, though. Yeah, but that's what kicked off. Was that? What okay. I'm doing now. That was like the style, that's how it started. Before it was all like general 3D work. And then I think I sat down one day and I was bored and I was making skulls out of bacon, lettuce, uh, skin texture, leather texture, and I made like five. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then by accident, I did one yeah. with a gold pattern. And then I sort of got addicted to it and ended up making 50 of them. <laughs> Yes, you did. And then make a whole project which got featured on the front page of Behance. Which was the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So this was like full Behance feature. It wasn't illustration or graphic design. It was full on the front page. That blew up. And then art galleries wanted to make limited edition prints. So I think that's when it got into my head that I like, oh, that this is a bit different. So maybe we could do something with this. Yeah. And that was what, five, six years ago? That was 2015. Uh, four four years, ago. years ago. So it's that's really that what no. So that's really what kicked off like my style as I see it now. So why why did you go so addicted to that project? I, I just I think it was the symmetry and it was like a weird fixation with trying to make it like very detailed but also symmetrical. Can you explain what that project was? Do you remember what the project was? Uh, well, it started off as a test with SSS and milk stuff, and then I got this idea of what's how milk stuff just milk textures oh white white okay plain white texture and then i did it as a test on one skull and then i put some other stuff and i started putting decorative objects on it Mm -hmm. and i believe i read a story about poachers in africa and how to them Mm -hmm. they're glorifying their sport as they call it but you're basically they're basically glorifying death so i wanted to create a piece explain that what do you mean well poachers keep the animals as trophies mm-hmm. so i wanted to create a piece that at first you see it and you see the beauty of the decor but if you actually look into it you see the darkness and how messed up poaching is and how bad it is because when you look into it you'll see all the death and you'll see how it's not a good thing so a piece of ivory comes with death yeah and destruction yeah basically that's what i was trying to do with that project right so at first you see the superficial beauty, but if you actually look into it, you'll see the harm that it's causing. And again, that is your feature sort of skull in the middle, and then we have all the different elements on there. Yeah, and around animals. Around like a rosette of animals and guns as well. Yeah, guns? guns, knives, columns, yeah. elephants, uh, rhinos, snakes. And that was like the first time you also started posting in threes. 
Yeah. Because that's the other thing you do in Instagram. You post in threes. Yeah. So you either post the main picture and then details, or you post different positions of the render, or you post different um, textures, but they're always the same sort of like artwork. Yeah. At first, it was like key artwork in the middle, and then either crops or details. But then I spoke to Justin Muller, who's now the creative director of DeviantArt. And his Justin Miller? Muller. Muller, okay. Or Muller. I think it's M-A. I forgot how he spells it. Right. He does these crazy dailies of like very shiny cool 3d but he's a great director of divin art now is that the one it does very much abstract scattered yeah. images and like very squarey stuff yes yeah and i love his stuff yeah man. so him and he suggested is like you should do the three but don't do a crop do similar look but mm -hmm. a unique piece do you know what i think he once years ago uh commented on one of my pictures on instagram yeah i think that was one of my highlights and no <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a nice dude and after that, I was just like, oh, that's a lot more work. But it's put down a work ethic inspired by him and people who make something every day, which is All right, mental. so let's talk about people. Yeah, he's brilliant. People is a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Right? He's 10 years in, isn't he? Yeah. No, I think it's 12 now. 12. He's been, okay, so people, people is an, an anomaly in the business because he was the, the very first one. Well, amongst the first one to do a daily project. Yeah, but he was the one that glorified it. Yeah, he was the one that took the daily project yeah. to the next level because at the time, the daily projects, and we are talking 20, 2008, 2009? I think, yeah. Maybe 2008, yeah. yeah. The daily projects at the time was like, Oh, I'm drawing a picture. Or oh, I am designing a poster. Yeah. He was doing 3D. Like Yeah, I don't think it matters how detailed you go on your day. It didn't I think matter, it's but like that was the crazy thing. It was yeah. Like, but I think is what he's what what comes out of it is a need to create something every day, even if it's shit, you're still forcing yourself to do something different to client work. Because I think daily work is so important and I might be too busy at times now, but when I do time, I'll sit down and try and bash out three to six illustrations so I have stuff to show because A, it's fun for me because yeah. I've got no one bossing me around and asking me how to change stuff. I just do it for the the fun of it. For the lulls. And then it's fun to show in the community, but I just think it's a constant challenge to just learn new things and just try and do more stuff, even if it's for, for fun. Yeah, but you got to understand, right, that your dailies are high quality amazing level 3d artwork yeah but you've been doing this for like what 12 years now sure so but still if you if you <laughs> it's start a different type of day i know i just think it takes time because everyone should start doing stuff off their own bat like this and it doesn't yeah. don't compare it to other people totally i mean like i used to draw a posse to david two years yeah and like i i at the time, I grew my Instagram crazily. All I yeah. was doing was just posting a day, uh, a po um, posted a day, and I'd just be active on Instagram. Yeah, and it's just fun. It's love. It's amazing. Like the the, the feedback you got, I got was incredible. And at the time, there was no algorithm. Right? Yeah. Everybody saw everything on Instagram, so it was a lot easier. Yeah, you're just sharing a piece of your own work out in the world, and I know I think people get bogged down with how like they get and stuff like that. I don't care. I've got posts that have like. 2,000 likes and posts that have 20,000 likes. doesn't matter. Some of my favorite work is the one people least like. But I just like it because I did it for myself and I just got it out there. So like it or not, it's fine with me. You don't think about... I don't care about anything. You, you, so basically, your point is, I just put stuff out there. Yeah, with personal work, that's what... Personal work, or some people call it passion work. They should have no pressure. It's for you. 
So it's it's to keep you. It keeps me a bit sane in the industry because there's so much client work on, mm. and you forget that I'm in here for the fun of it. Hence the importance of doing personal work, and it's personal, so you shouldn't be too judgmental of yourself. Just do it for the fun of it. Yeah, that's what a balanced person says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're a little, if you have any issues, or you 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 are riddled with doubt, which a lot of people are, yeah. including myself. It becomes really hard, dude. I know. I'll, I'll say that now, but I know I post it and then I hate it. But it's out there. It's fine. Is that so? What's, done. You, what's your thought process when you decide? You know what? I'm gonna post this out. I'm gonna start working on this thing, and I'm gonna post it out tomorrow. Sometimes, well, ninety-five percent, it's an accident. So I'm just there, waiting for a render for a client project or something, or messing mm -hmm. around. Or sometimes I do this, which isn't the best practice. But I will delay client projects because I've got an idea. Okay. And I'm just doing my thing. I'll get the client work done, but it might take a few hours longer or I might have to ignore an email for a few hours because I'm in the zone doing my thing. So when did you realize? Cause on Instagram, you know, Instagram is like a window. So yeah. you decide what goes out there. And that is quite it's quite sharp, the, the changes from like, I'm doing this thing, whatever it is I'm doing. And then yeah. it's like, here it is, three pictures, three pictures, three pictures, and, and you can see your progression and the way you learn 3D yeah. materials and lights, you can see the improvement, crazy going. Like if you look for people scrolling back to your Instagram, that's how you learn how an artist yeah, yeah. has improved over their, their, their like professional lives. It's like a journal of how you get yeah. better and different in your style. And I appreciate it. You d did delete a bunch of stuff, but not that much. You left no. you left quite a lot in it. And it's yeah. for people starting out, that's how you see a progression. But when did you in your life realize i can do this you know i got this uh, by myself i think it was three years ago when three years ago yeah as in to do it completely by myself to just say you know i got this i don't need clients i can just do it well uh, you do need I'm, clients yeah but like you know like saying i am a 3d artist or a 3d illustrator and I can do this. Well, as a job, it was like seven years ago. But as a solo illustrator artist, yeah. it was three years ago when the side work coming in, where I'll be staying up till two in the morning working at home mm -hmm. because I had a day job, when that brought more in than the actual day job. And it was more fun because I was getting hired to do my style, not mm -hmm. general stuff. Yeah. And that's when I decided that I should just lump the day work and just do it for myself. Is that when you moved up to Edinburgh then? No, I went, I left the studio and I was freelance for a year and a bit mm -hmm. working from my living room. Yeah. And then met David Headless Horse. David Mahoney, Headless Horse. Shout out. And we did a mural together. What and I was, was like, that? Uh, the pizza, at the pizza. Interior. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then we were starting chatting because he was doing similar stuff. Like he, he was doing his own thing. Yeah, he was his own type of illustration. He had yeah. his own style. On. So that's when I realized like, I could, I can do this. And I got a rep. So if he can do it, I can do yeah. it. <laughs> but it's like if everyone else does it for themselves, then the work is there because we live yeah. at a time where social is massive. So you will get found out. If your work's cool and you keep putting out there and you work hard, it will happen. But I like how understated that is. <laughs> it's like, look, you just put your stuff out there. When it gets good, yeah. people find you. Yeah, they mean, there's no tricks. It's just work your ass off. How many hours did you work? 
uh, well, when I was in the agency, I would be like nine till six and then go for home. For somebody else. For somebody else and then go home and do my thing, including weekends and stuff. When you quit the agency, how many hours did you start working during the day? Uh, I was working more than when I had a boss because it's your own company. It's like your own baby. You want to look after it. Mm-hmm. And you can't say, can't say no to work because it's your work, it's your stress. And you're like, I've got to please everyone. Got to work for everyone. I say no now. Because I've got a rep and my rep's like, don't need to do that one. There have been times where I had to say no simply because, A, the project is not right for my style or they want too much stuff with like zero budget or the the timings are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, I'm currently working on, I think it's between, uh, I think it's like 12 projects currently for this month. So that's August alone. So you got 12 projects this month? Yeah. And then? Uh, and then, well, we'll see what September brings. The thing about this podcast is a lot of people kind of push themselves to the point where mental health become a problem, yeah. right? How do you deal with that? How do you keep sharp in a way that you, you don't you don't crash your own, your own self, your own health? I mean, I do get stressed quite a bit, but define, I think... No way we define stress. Hmm. I had quite a, a slight freak out yesterday because the amount of work was getting to me. But I think... We, what, what was a freak out for you? Uh, it's more like jittering and then going around in circles, not getting things done, which makes it even worse. Right. And then you're staying out working longer, but you haven't got much done. So then you're even more tired. And then the next day you're even more stressed. But right, I think So you, you keep going more and more in, in circles. Yeah. Right. But when I've got when I feel down or I've got like let's say bad thoughts in my head you just find bad thoughts like no I wouldn't anxiety and slight moments of depression okay it comes out in the work so I think hence why sometimes my work looks a lot darker is because something darks in my head and I think it's a way to get it out because you're expressing I'm expressing how I feel without having to talk about it Mm-hmm. So it's, I feel a bit shit. I put it on an image. It's out there. I feel better. I know, but feel shit, you know, means a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. So depression means that you can't get out of bed and do your work, right? No, it doesn't mean that necessarily. But no, because loads of people can be depressed. You can, but be they can still be function- high functional <laughs> people high of society. <laughs> yeah, you can be, I mean, like I talked about this. So you can be an high functioning person yeah. with suicidal thoughts. Yeah. So I don't think suicide and depression are the same thing either. So it's like, it can be fear of being inadequate or completely disregarding. What's your biggest the quali- fear then? Uh, that I'm not good enough because I'm That's always comparing myself to other people. And I think it, the problem with that is it, good because you got people to look up to. Mm. But then it's also a result why I always post, why I always make new stuff because I don't think it's good enough. I mean, the good side of it is mm. a lot of work comes out. Mm-hmm. The bad side of it is like you're always overcritical of your work. I know I said before, post it and don't care what people say. It's not what people say, it's my own head. It's what that, you say. That the feedback on it is like, I could have done that, I could have done that, that's not good enough. So tell me something, what's the chatter in your head like? Oh, the chat in my head goes like, I'm working on something like, oh, that's cool shit. Do it. And I'm like, hmm, could have done better. But when you do that all day long, or could have fixed that. For example, yes, I was working all day on a client project till seven and come ten past seven, I'm like, ah, shit. 
So I scrapped it and started again. And today mm. I'm going to go back and redo it again. So then you sort of feel diminished in terms of it gets tiring that you're not good enough with what you do. Mm. And people can tell you you're really good, but that doesn't mean it doesn't, matter, yeah. it doesn't help when your own head's like, nah, not good enough. Is that helping you, do you think? Mm, it's a double-edged sword. It keeps you progressing, but it also hinders you like you're too critical of your own stuff. Mm. Are you doing something to try and curb it a little bit? Maybe print a poster that says you're good or something. <laughs> fuck right <laughs> off. Motivational quotes motivational from my desktop quotes. screen. Get center. the fuck out of this room with your motivational nah. quotes. So, w- no, seriously though. Like, how are you trying thinking like, how, how can I like shut the chatter down a little bit? I don't know, really. You don't know? No. Sometimes I listen to people and be like, that's amazing. I'm like, thank you. That's that's cool. It goes through phases. It goes through phases? Yeah. What's the hardest phase you've been through? Uh, hmm. Trying to think. I think it was a few months ago. I can't remember what project it was on. And it was like weeks of weeks of just constantly doubting everything I do. Mm. And not just the work, but like everything around me, and everything's good, like everything's brilliant. Like okay, so did you start? Did you start being a bit paranoid then? Yeah. What was it? What was your thoughts? What were your thoughts like? Did you? Oh, well, the thoughts were like, what if I fail? What if this doesn't happen? What if I get s- some shit happens? What if uh, I get burgled? What if I get sued? Just irrational thoughts mm. and just fears about what I'm doing. Do you know why it goes in in periods? Do you know why it kind of kicks the period off? Do you have like a... Because, you know, I was talking to Neil um, a few pockets ago as well. It's like how... What happens in his mind that kicks him back into that into that situation where you start feeling overwhelmed? By I think it's when doing. things are almost too good to be true. What you're doing is almost too good to be true. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm like... My job is my dream job. Yes. You worked really it. hard for it. Yeah, I've worked really hard, and it's like a fear of like losing it all. Really, it's, it's an irrational fear because it's not going to happen. I know no. that, but sometimes you can't help what your head say. Well, I would argue that you can't control your yeah. head. <laughs> like you just need to go through a journey for that yeah. to to change. Would you Would you be open to do like to try and tackle that? Yeah, because I, you know, my experience. And I am lower near your level, my friend. I'm not even comparing to you. But in my life, <clears throat> the chatter has been a real crutch. Yeah. Like the moment I removed the chatter is when I, I just, I, I, and I removed the chatter like beginning of this year. Yeah. That's when I started putting the, I'm turbocharged now. Because every time the chatter start, I have the tools to, instead of stop the chatter yeah. or kick the chatter away, I embrace the chatter, trying to understand why the chatter is happening. And instead of becoming a crutch, becomes part of my energy. Because yeah. then I'm like, oh, okay, that's why you feel paranoid. Oh, all right, so you're feeling like this is not good enough because of this, this, and this. Yeah. Cool, let's move on. Yeah. Do you think that would help you? That would help, yeah. Why are you not doing anything about it? Too busy. Fuck <laughs> off, <laughs> seriously. When was the last time you went on holiday? Uh... If you have to think about it. No, I went, I went to a wedding in Denmark. That is not a holiday. When was the last time you've been on holiday? Uh, 
Budapest. That's not a holiday. When was last time? It was a holiday. It was like three, four days. Mm-hmm. Where you start being taking HDRI pictures and well, looking was, at skulls. Uh, yeah. And like, when the last time you went on holiday? Proper, proper holiday, like two weeks or something. Yeah. Uh, years ago. But I'm going to Italy next year. For two Where weeks. are you going? I want to do all the museums, statues and stuff for okay. one week. And mm-hmm. then one week, go to the Amalfi Coast and sit and do nothing. Okay. Eat, drink and swim. Can you add another week <coughs> and uh, stop? No, serious. serious. Yeah. Get yourself, right? Go to look in Tuscany. Okay, yeah. Get yourself. There is these places you, they, they're like agriturismos, right? They're yeah. They're nowhere in, in um, Tuscany. They are either in Chianti. Okay. Which is a series, basically it's a series of hills. It's the countryside. It's beautiful. There'll be a hill on top of the hill. There'll be one of those places and then all the hills and the views are beautiful. Yeah. And they have, you know, you can get a fully uh, catering um, room if you want to or you can eat in the place. The mom will cook you dinner at night. You nice. know, it's like, it's it's that type of vibe. And it's a, it's a great way to relax. That sounds good. Can you do that for me? Yeah. Just add an extra week, man. Yeah. Just an extra week, please. Yeah. Promise me you go for no an extra No laptop. <laughs> <laughs> if you are bringing the laptop, nah. it's not a holiday, my yeah. friend. Can you do that? Yeah, you promise we'll me? Yeah. I know where you're coming from. I know. I need. I need more breaks. Because when you're in it, you just think like with your head. And sometimes people that don't do this for a living don't understand the stress no. of the creative world. Because no. it's not just pleasing a client; it's like pleasing your own head. I think the client, it's noise. Sometimes the clients yeah. make your life harder. But I do believe that it comes down to the way you feel about the work. Yeah. Because 90% of the time, the client are happy with your work. Yeah. And I think when a client gets too picky and too... Basically, my pet peeve and what I hate from clients is when mm. they treat you like a pencil. Right. Yes. I'm with you. When you got, you're the pencil, but it's been held by someone else. Mm. So it's like, well, why are you hiring me then? Let me do my thing. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. This is why this is why I do this for a living. I get you got feedback, but if it's completely pointless, mm-hmm. this is not a dick stream competition. So no. So if you sometimes were clients give sorry. feedback for the sake of feedback to justify their role. So art directors will just go rounds and rounds of feedback, and you've already told them it's not going to work. And then after two weeks, they'll go back to version number one. It's happened so many times. Yeah, sadly, it's happened a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think you need to learn how to just nip in a bud and just having a rep helps because they'll fight for you. I want to ask you about that. What, what, how did, did your life change having an agent? Uh, it was, she's called Milana, Nerd Productions. Shout out. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's like, I can focus on the art without mm. stressing about schedules, feedback, money, any of that. That is amazing. Yeah. That, is, that must, Im- must improve your mental health uh, a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's brilliant. As in, Literally on stuff I'm working on, I can't talk about, but they'll handle everything. And then I would, I'm not even on the emails because then, because if I'm on the emails, then no, I might stress out and start replying. That's so sweet. And saying things too fast, sending things too fast Mm. because they know how to handle a client. Well, you know how you handle a client. Well, if we're talking about Instagram DMs, that's not a client. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Not totally. No, but you, you, you can get snappy, though, when you're in that state of mind, right? Yeah. And, like, that's what you, you don't want to be that with a client. No. That's why you need someone else to help. So they're really helpful, and I just get an email with some feedback, and they're like, 
which parts do you agree with? I'm like, I agree with most of it, but that point is a bit ridiculous. I'd be like, all right, we'll push back. And then you're just left to just do it. Bless her. Yeah, it's brilliant. That's amazing. So I think with illustrators and in general artists, rep or producer is needed. But you do need to get to a certain level to have one, right? Well, I think you just need to have a, a decent body of work. Right, okay. It doesn't matter. Followers don't matter. No. Previous clients don't really matter. If you've got something unique out there to sell, Mm-hmm. there'll be a right rep for you and there'll be a right client for you so they'll just help you find it so you need to you can look for it if you have a good a decent body of work that is unique and is your own yeah. then you can look for a rep the reps get paid by getting you work basically right. yeah. you don't have to pay them until they get you work they get, they get a cut off your work yeah how much is the cut just out of curiosity uh, depends some reps are 30% some That's are 20 minus 20% mm. um I mean, I mean, it's a lot, but it will get you a job that you wouldn't have access to otherwise. Well, exactly, yeah. And then, but the fee is not a lot. Because if you were to use a, a freelance producer, they would take so much more. Because they're literally doing everything for you. You just have to yeah. make the work. Mm. And uh, the, the thing with reps is it takes time as well. It's not going to be... How long did it take you to get to find the right Well, I've been with Nerd for two and a bit years now. Mm-hmm. Or three. I think two and a half years. Yeah. And it took... It got some small projects in, but mm-hmm. it took half a year because they have to build a relationship with yeah. you and with the clients. Patience. You have to have yeah, patience. it takes time. It's not like I'm with them now, bang, I'm going to be everywhere. It doesn't yeah. work that way. No. It's the same with your Instagram. I mean, your Instagram blew up the last year and a half, but it took you five to get to yeah. before you blew up. And it's just constant work collaborating with people who like their work. Yeah, because... That's why, like, your Instagram, you are always at it. You're pres- posting yeah. stories every day. You're posting work every day. Is is I think it take a good chunk of your day already just to deal with your social media. Not Instagram in general, yeah. but like, all your social media. I think uh, in daily terms, all social media mm. is, like, in total time, screen time without checked, is, like, an hour and 10 minutes. Every day? Yeah. That's not that much. No. Because I post, I will check sporadically. Mm-hmm. And I've got post notifications on for some of the leading artists yeah. that I love their work, so I don't mm. miss any of their stuff. Yeah, you want to keep in touch with your friends yeah. and the, the people that are there making it. I'm not the kind of person to go on explore feeds and sit there for hours just looking at random stuff. <laughs> that would be a very expensive thing to do for you. Yeah. Very it just expensive. It takes too long. So it's do like you read the news and stuff like that? or I kind of read the news on Twitter. so you get bogged down by the news and you don't read the news no i just get the i have a look at trending and what's current now but you don't dwell in it no it's catastrophe porn yeah it's great we're putting it yeah let's say i i feel much better since i left to be honest i have no idea what's happening what's going i heard there have been shootings I don't know. I know where. Yeah, I imagine not, where. Not but good, yeah. Yeah, I haven't been on Twitter. I mean, I've been on Twitter whenever I get notifications for people I follow that I care about. Yeah. Yes, I get it. But apart from that, then I get stuck sometimes. I tap on that and I do like a bit of scrolling and I'm like, no. Yeah, Twitter's a weird place. It's like an angry mob. Yeah, it's like hell. Like People, people <laughs> shouting at each other a lot. <laughs> like, I think Dante didn't think far enough, but like you could have just yeah. described hell he didn't know. T- he didn't need to go down like all the different layers, and he just yeah. said, "Call there's it one th- word: Twitter." There's a few layers, yeah. No, no, just Twitter. <laughs> just say Twitter. That's fine. Well, Instagram it. DMs are. 
Right. Let's talk about that, right? That's that's it. That's it. Yeah. Your inst- okay, so your Instagram stories are lovely and work, you know, you, you show your amazing work and everything. And then the green circle happens. Yes. So for people that don't know, the green circles is when you send tweets, uh, sorry, Instagram stories to your close friends. And first of all, thank you very much for putting me into this, that yeah. circle, which I'm pretty sure is quite wide. But also, that's when it gets juicy. Yeah. Because the green screen means that you share <laughs> the, the DM you get of people asking you to use your work for free yeah. very aggressively most of the time. Yeah. And a new addition is people that come, uh, come at you because of your religion imageries. Yeah. And, and there's other people trolling in general. Yeah, the troll, well, you know, the troll, I expect yeah. that. But people coming in trying to redempt your soul yeah. are one of the best, most engaging yeah, they're, reads they're you brilliant. put out. But they're close friends because I only want a few select friends of mine to see it. Yeah. Because like, I don't want it, as an artist, I'm trying to create a brand. So I don't... <laughs> I, you don't want to bash people there. Well, yeah. And I never show names or anything, but it's just, it is fun and it's weird content that comes in. Like the, the, my one of the pet peeves I get is I get around ten to fifteen DMs a day. What about, about cover that artwork? Stuff. No, oh, cover artwork. artwork. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like people asking, like, can I use this for a cover? How much? But they just don't get how it works. Nah. And as an artist, the last thing I want is just random people having my artwork everywhere because it just confuses everything. You're putting a Preston out there that everyone could just get your work. You diminish it's that thing. You diminish yeah. your work. Like if you want your work to have a certain type, a certain a certain style, and a certain level. To yeah. be honest, you don't want to be on every single EP out there. No, like I work with some music clients, but they're mm. because I appreciate what the brief is, and they want to create something cool instead of just grabbing something and sticking their name on it. There's also this thing that people come at you. They don't say hi. Billy, how, how you doing, you? me? Yeah, love your work, love this yeah. and love that. You know, like I like your style, yeah. I like this. No, they come and say, "How much for? Yeah. can you? I, I want to use this on my album cover." Yeah, it's just rude. It's just very rude to say, yeah. "I'm a human being, but Jesus." But when I, when you get so many, just the only thing I can do now is just ignore them because if I get mm-hmm. into a chat every day, that takes a lot of time out of That's actual serious chat, yeah. serious work. Yeah. So my rule is, if it's an Instagram DM. Mm-hmm. Don't bother with it. Would you get somebody to post for you on social media ever? No. You want to do yourself? Yeah. Because uh, it's a piece for me. It's like I don't get... Sometimes I get into arguments, but they're fun arguments. And I just mm. use sarcasm to control <laughs> it. I don't think they understand using no, sarcasm. But it's just funny. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> yeah, come with me with hate. I'll just be a bit sarcastic and I just ignore yeah. it. Because it just happens too much and... It, who cares? I like how now you have uh, the, the standard message. What was the last one you had prepared? Uh, it was the... That's for... Oh, where is it? What was it? Oh, God, you have a standard one that you send over when every time people ask you for work for free. Yeah, that's for work for free. And I said, uh, hello, thanks for your message. Yesterday I went to McDonald's and I ordered a Red Big Mac so. meal for seven four seventy nine. Uh, the waiter looked... The person on the till looked at me and smiled. I smiled back and I said... Let me take a picture of you and I'll post it on my social media. I've got 134,000 followers. You'll get loads of likes. Yeah. And they looked at me, he's like, that's still 479. I tried to explain my case that I've got Mm -hmm. loads of followers and a post by me will get them loads of exposure. Yeah. They still wanted me to pay. So, to my, uh, because I was upset, I had to pay the bill at the end. 
So that's the message that's I send a, to everyone. You know, that is just a tale for teaching these people that things artwork yeah. <laughs> cost money. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how just people don't get it, but that's fair enough. You know, a lot of people, I'm pretty sure, they like teenagers. Yeah, yeah, the problem is the thing because on the internet, it's free to use. That is a problem yeah. that we had uh, because we built the internet on free. Yeah. It's very hard now to convince people that you have to pay for stuff. Yeah. And like, that's the other thing is that you, it's never free. Well, it's never free. You're always paying with something, sometimes something you don't want to pay with. Hence why my work is trademarked. Everything associated with Vilelis is a trademark. How much has it, did it cost you to trademark the whole thing worldwide? And how hard is uh, it to maintain it's, it? It's currently UK, but UK, we're just okay. waiting for the US. Mm -hmm. The problem with trademark is you have to do it for every country. Which is? A lot of money. Well, UK was three and a half thousand. But that's it just lasts one country. for 15 years, I think. Okay, that's a long time. And then US is around five. Okay. But there's categories where obviously I'm protected for pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. It costs money, but when you put so much work out there, it needs yeah. to be protected. Do you go after people? Uh, I'm going after one person currently, but I can't no, say don't the details. Because it. it's, it's with the legal team in LA. Okay. Oh, okay. So you had instances of people just stealing. Not stealing, but yeah, stealing your work. Yeah, I mean, it happens a lot. And there's not much you can do, but just send a takedown notice. Mm. Do they take it down usually? Yeah, because it's hosted on platforms like Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple. You can just but reach these people now. Yeah, but it just happens so much now. Mm. And then you get a moment when you look at it and you almost get depressed that everyone's nicking your shit when you've worked so hard to do I it. I bet you go on Instagram, you start scrolling one of your uh, um, hashtags and people will just... Oh, there's not even hashtag. It's people just rip it off and use it off. for stuff. But if it's someone big, of course. Yeah, it's a problem. I mean, like if he's a teenager doing their EP on yeah. SoundCloud, fair enough. You send him a season desist. Yeah. But you can't control that. It's just no, but it's still it. like just you can't just use it because it's online. It's annoying. I know. I mean, that's never gonna change though. Yeah. Especially in the countries like China, they don't give a fuck, and they're yeah. just gonna use your artwork for anything. But I'm thankful because all the followers are like internet fbi <laughs> they're the amazing. ones that tell me about most of how these. many times a day you get people telling you oh by the way they're using this thing for a X. few times a week that's so annoying man. yeah i right. mean like on a smaller scale i used to get with my post-its yeah. people just using my post-its i was like why it doesn't mean nothing you can't make money off of it no what annoys me the most is these like art sharing accounts you know all the accounts that are basically hype 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 and they just share content <sighs> yeah and they go ridiculous they're like art blogs. Yeah. There's a few yeah. of them that I never credit, and that drives me nuts because you're basically profiting of other people's artwork. I hate that. Like, I loved when people finally woke up to fuck Jerry and they did yeah. the campaign fuck, fuck Jerry because yeah. these guys, they're making thousands of dollars from per advertising. Post, yeah. From what you're saying, like when they come to you and say, oh, can I use your tweet? It's funny. Yeah. They, and then they say, oh, try this product. They're making 20 grand. Yeah. They told you that's funny. Like, share the money, man. If or you like, want to use it. Or like big accounts like big corporate companies that start sharing work and they go we'll give you a credit i'm like yeah but you're making a cool looking account yeah with people's stuff. work yeah to advertise your product basically so i do like features and stuff and i've done features for quite a few big product companies and like tech and stuff yeah yeah of but course i expect something back because you're getting free advertising basically because you're showing people what can be made with your product yeah so whether it's a discount or an interview or some 
gesture of goodwill. So yeah. I'm not expecting to be paid like money from loads of money from someone. But if it's a big company, let's say Coca-Cola or something like that, and they use your work to promote their account, just because they're not promoting their product directly it doesn't, doesn't mean, mean they're not yeah. getting advertising. It's branding anyway. It's yeah. brand awareness. It's like th- there is a lot behind it. And as people yeah. paid for to build these accounts, yeah. it's like you're using my shit to look cool, then you know, be 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 fair at least. That's the problem with artists in general, is just this understanding is lost at some yeah. point. It's annoying. Um, but e- like exposure doesn't mean shit. If you want exposure, collaborate with other artists. Don't work for exposure. It never happens. Nobody cares. The problem is there is there is so much out there right now. This exposure doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. You have to build exposure over time yourself. And yeah. It takes five years in and your case. And build your own one, not rely on other people. That's the other big thing. And when people say, oh, we have got a very low budget, but after this project, we'll have loads more work for you. Never happens. Uh, do you know what? I find myself in that situation, and sometimes I still do find myself in that situation. Yeah. Never go for it because there is yeah. never more work at the end of the road there might be but then it's always oh we don't have bu- enough budget yeah and if you work for them again they'll be like oh well you charged this much the first time why are you going up now because you've set yeah. a stupid precedent for your work rarely rarely that works out i wouldn't i wouldn't do it like yeah. i wouldn't do it anymore um also i like, hate people you know it did work on an hourly based and sometimes because it's fast work you know i need this done X. yeah but then you know, it takes you longer because they make changes and, and then it's a problem. So it's like, uh, even then, hourly rates, <sighs> I don't know, man. I'm I don't do fan. hourly rates. Like you, why would you? I mean, uh, you're an artist. Because you're being you're being punished if you're fast. Yeah, it's like, oh, cool. So it took me five, six, seven, ten years to get this good at doing this thing. And in yeah. fact, it took me two hours. It doesn't mean that you, yeah. you should pay so me Yeah, famous hours. quote from Paula Scher. Yeah where she did the whole Citibank logo in three minutes on a napkin in a restaurant. Yeah. And they ended up paying millions because they kept going around in circles for like eight months yeah. at the agency of Pentagram. Yeah. And the final logo was the first one. But because they had the budget and they just wanted, they thought time means better work. Yeah. But it doesn't work that way. It's, we spend never. years doing this. So if we work fast, then we should be paid for the 10 years we spent learning this, not the two hours that it took to do it. Yeah, I went to a talk... Um, one of the Pixar's director I'm talking about five years ago, five, six years ago. And he spent a long time in the talk talking about the process yeah. and how lo- extenuating long is for Pixar to come out with an idea yeah. for, for a movie. And and then how time never meant good. Yeah. Never. Never, ever, ever. He was like, look, the, the better ideas sometimes are fast and, and they come from experience and yeah. everything. Um, he was it, like it, it was hard to hear it from a guy like that. Yeah, don't remember his name, but he, he had a, he did he directed one of the Pixar, one of the Disney movie, not Pixar. By the time he was working for Pixar, then he moved to Disney, and he bombed dramatically. And he was telling us why and okay. all the story. But the, the the takeaway was time doesn't equal quality. Yeah. So because most of the time people just want to justify the money by just spending time on it. Me, it just doesn't work that way. And you're you're the walking um, representation of this because you can pump out amazing artwork. In yeah, a day. I, I'm quite fast, but I have to be fast because I try always squeeze personal work in. So there's only so many time do hours in the day. Yeah, because you would spend the eight hours necessary probably to do something even more yeah. if necessary. But you could you could sometimes I bet yeah you you come out with ideas and you make it happen like having it designed and out there. Yeah, sometimes I've done stuff within half an hour from idea to clay to textured render that's mad but i think it comes from 
like a habit of work in animation studios where you have to create a full storyboard of fully rendered 24 frames in two days. Yeah. So you learn how to work very fast. Yeah. And I think the, the beauty of that is you don't overthink your work because you got your idea, you do it, yeah. it looks cool, get it out. Don't try and faff with it too much because then you're wasting time. And they're bound to give feedback on it. So why spend way more time for something they're going to change anyway? I'm talking about initial stages. Near the you end, know what's funny? Sometimes down. you have like a, an obvious mistake in there or something like as big you know they're going to pick up on that. They yeah. pick up on that and they'll pick up on something else. Yeah. It's, amazing. it's a big yeah. gamble that, but I wouldn't take it all the time. But sometimes it's worth taking it. Yeah. The last thing I want to ask you because we need to go, we need to go is uh, you started selling products. Yes. Right? So you started your skull pack. You've got two skull packs now. Yeah, I've got two skull packs, a few individual models. you got wallpapers. Uh, wallpapers. you got T-shirts. Yeah, T-shirts. And I've just signed, uh, I signed a deal with Primitive Skate. So we've got skate decks and hoodies coming out. Which is a natural yeah. way for your artwork to go. Yeah. It's a natural place to go. So how do you go on about that? And is that profitable enough for you? Yeah, it's brilliant. I think I read somewhere uh, the key... Because I don't want to have clients forever. No. I want to get to a stage with my work where I just do what I want to do. Yes. And then I make a living off the prints and the side artwork. That's it. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say it. Passive income. Passive income. There you go. So I think I think that's key. Because mm-hmm. the, the older you get as well in this industry, there is the fear that obviously... Someone in the twenties that's learning everything now is going to be way better than me in my forties. I 40s. know, but then there are people like Signal Noise. He's been doing this thing. Do you know Signal yeah. Noise? He, he's been doing this thing for ages, yeah. man. He's in his well in his forties, I think. And so it's the, well. the unique style of it. So yeah. I think having the style is key. But clients get stressful at times, so having passive stuff, and you got you build a brand, so you're a lot more chilled because you know mm. you've got income coming in. Yeah, it's all good now with the licensing agreements. Clothes are doing very well. Prints, I'm completely redoing my store. I've got a deal with someone. I can't share it yet because no, I want to do a big announcement of it. But okay. all my my existing catalogue of prints and loads of new stuff will be on it. Mm. And uh, it'll be easier to get the prints because before it was a bit harder with shipping and stuff. I want it to be a lot more accessible to everyone. Right. And then wallpapers on Zedge. Everyone Are they profitable? Well, I give them out for free. So you free, okay. Yeah. So you don't get paid by Zedge? I'll, I'll get paid slightly from adverts, but All right, it's okay. just wallpapers, people can have them for free. <laughs> You're going to have that for free? Yeah. From Zedge, though, you not from... No, you, you have them on your website, too. I've got some... No, my website, they're like desktop wallpapers, but for phones, right. it's a nice little deal I've got with Zedge. Yeah. It's easier to get. Fair enough. Okay, so that's where you want to go. You want to go with products. Yeah. Um, s- like how did the school pack do well for you? Yeah, it's doing really well because people in the industry like them. I'm currently working on the third one, third so one, we, it will be a predator pack. So, like lions, wolves, bears. Mm. It's just that's nice. Cool. It's, it's just yeah. nice. I I sculpt them in ZBrush and then I I get them out, and it's nice to see. My favorite part is when loads of people start tagging me in work they've made using the pack and it's just nice to see a variety of stuff to be honest i've seen a lot of new artists coming out from that from yeah. your work because you know i'm, I'm a follow you or whatever you put out and i loved how on behance you had that page with the skull parks yeah and instead of putting just your work with it you put somebody else's work yeah with i mean it. i and, and i do the skull packs more as a collaboration thing is like with everybody else yeah i sell them but i mean they are pretty cheap because you're paying what like 
25 quid for five high-res models. Which took you forever to make. Yeah. Well, like, forever for you, for yeah. a good amount of time. Like on Turbo Squid and CG Trader, you're looking at at least like 40, 50 pounds for it, one a model. pop. So I've got, they are quite cheap, but the reason for that is so people can get them and make some cool stuff. And I get to see it and it's all cool. And also, some of the people that make it, like the French monkey, for instance. Yeah. I mean, you, you learned from him. Right, some of the some of the art, yeah. some of the technic technicalities behind uh, making this three D renders and stuff. Yeah, I met him in Athens. He's a really cool dude. Uh, he's together with Grassio Gorilla. Yeah. He was the next one to create more unique kind of assets, mm. so more stylized. And he's got this huge library of like lights, HDRI packs, textures, models, Amazing, smoke. Yeah. Mm. His stuff is really cheap, but he's brilliant. Bless him. Him and Grayscale Gorilla. I mean, Grayscale Gorilla, it was one of the first real decent training sites out there. Yeah. Like, Grayscale Gorilla was there in 2008, 2009. And it's, it's still Nobody very good yeah. for, I think, for beginners. Yes. Uh, I prefer people like the French Monkey or Silverwing Effects, mm. I think it's called, or Don't know I, the scene. He's like full octane. Okay. But I like these people because they've got a more niche style to what they give out there mm. where Gresco Gorilla when you see work done with their tutorials you know where the tutorials from and it comes back to me not doing tutorials because you then create it's you, you create a whole bunch of people that are doing the same thing as someone else I mean I mean you shouldn't be saying this in terms of like this sh it should be obvious like yeah. do the tutorials first so you learn the tools and then come out with ideas and use the tutorials to reach your yeah. goals don't do what the tutorial says to do yeah don't just do it and then post it no as your own say okay so you want to make this goal and you want to look for this um lighting yeah. who does the like what does lighting courses oh grayscale gorilla does oh let's see how he does it and yeah. then you learn how to light a scene that's why i did it all at back yeah. of the day but like if you go off and you, you use the same stuff grayscale gorilla uses so here's the sphere a, yeah. a square a cube and, and a triangle here is a pink light. Here is a yellow light. Yeah, you know it's too obvious. And even his stuff, because it's like generic, you yeah. still got the problem of the imposter syndrome. Mm. But with my stuff, because it's so like my style. Yeah. If I do a tutorial, it's gonna look the end result is gonna look exactly <laughs> like what I do. Exactly. Like, there will be a lot of your. So of that I, I just don't there. see the point. Plus, no. my work system is a bit chaotic because I don't know what I'm doing half the time, and then midway I'll figure it out. I think. Do you know what? I think if you're, you could do a very good tutorial on materials, on how you do your materials, yeah. because you're out all over the place. That's true. You showed me yeah. why, but also your materials are good, man. The way you play with materials is yeah. great. And I think once you get you get on substance, um, I think you 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 get. I am excited to see what you're gonna yeah. come out with because some substance is such a good software, so no, powerful, and like you could be, you will be able to you know, make tutorials on that. I think it could be very yeah. valuable because it's still a new software, you know. But I also think what sets my work apart is the look. And 100%. If I, if I give that look away, then... Uh, I mean, It's more of a protective copy, side to the business side of what I do. It's less about the art side. I know, but you could take one of your skulls from the pack yeah. and do a tutorial on that. I mean, that. I've it done it already. The first skull pack has textures and lights in it. Does it? So I have given right. that out. You have given it out. 
but then like people will never be able to copy your style exactly the way you do it because it's not about the style man everybody yeah. can so, dude seriously everybody can put a spotlight or a main light yeah. or global illumination and and make a, sh- a shadowy moody shot of a yeah. skull anybody the problem here is that your artwork has got so much more meaning than that yeah do you know what i mean like how the tattoo series i i don't like tattoos but a tattoo series is amazing the, yeah, the colors the textures the love you put in some of the of, of the modeling you've yeah. done because there's small detail i love details you know yeah. like i look at your artwork always and i zoom in and suddenly instagram destroys the quality yeah. of your artwork but then you go and be handsome you get to see exactly you're gonna be handsome you get all the juicy juicy details and i love those man you're so you're so de- devoted to your artwork and i i, I know I, I i told you i prefer the marble yeah marble maybe a touch of gold a very moody shots because they're very evocative for me but the tattoo series man that was good i Cheers. enjoyed that a lot because of the colors and what you've done yeah so i don't think people can copy you in that respect they can copy what you've done already but yeah. they'll never be able to come up with what you come up in the future good point so I wouldn't worry about that too much. You're yeah. doing your thing and you're crashing it. And on that note, Billy, thank you very much for doing this, mate. Boom. I really appreciate it. I've been courting Pleasure. you to do this for a while because I just want to hear your story, man. Cheers. Well, um, thanks Thanks for having me. Tell people where they can find you. Uh, everywhere. Just be Bill Ellis. B-I-L-L-E-L-I-S. Everything's under that. It's amazing how you managed to snatch that. It's like Eddie Carvier. Just Google Eddie Carvier. You'll find me everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. So Bill Ellis, B-I-L-L-E-L-I-S, Bill That's Ellis. And you'll find that you recognize it because it'll be skulls. It'll be moody. Yeah, and it'll be dark. Dark, but beautiful. And shiny. And shiny. Dark and shiny. Yep. That's it. That's it. Dark and shiny. That's your style. <sighs> that was great. Um, thank you very much for listening. If you made it to the end of the podcast, bless you. Because this was a long one. I'm probably going to edit it down a little bit, but it's, this is it. Thank you, everybody, for your feedback. Um, appreciate it. I appreciate it. Every time someone sends me a message or every time someone comes up to me and says, listen to the podcast, bless you. I, I really appreciate that. That's it. I'll speak to you in two weeks. Thank you very much. Have a great day. 